You are listening to the IoT for All Media Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IoT for All podcast on the IoT for All Media Network. I'm your host, Ryan Chacon, one of the co-creators of IoT for All. Now, before we jump into this episode, please don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or join our newsletter at IoTforAll.com newsletter to catch all the newest episodes as soon as they come out. Before we get started, if any of you out there are looking to enter the fast-growing and profitable IoT market but don't know where to start, check out our sponsor, Leverage's IoT solutions development platform, which provides everything you need to create turnkey IoT products that you can white label and resell under your own brand. To learn more, go to iotchangeseverything.com. That's iotchangeseverything.com. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the IoT for All podcast. Welcome, guys, to the IoT for All show. Thanks for being here this week. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having us, Ryan. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Uh, let's start off by having each of you give a quick introduction about yourself, background experience, all that kind of stuff, and then we'll dive into it. Perfect. Um, so my name is Henrik Agard, CTO at Onomondo. I co-founded it together with our CEO, Michael, uh, 10 years ago uh, in 2012, approximately. Uh, I'm a computer scientist of background uh, and been in the telco, telco industry before also, um, and just yeah, trying to, uh, to dive into all the technical stuff in, in, in telco and IoT. Fantastic. Yeah, and, and I'm uh, the new guy on the block, you could say. I came in about a, a year's time ago to head up the commercial side of things and, and really take us from, I would say, a pretty mature product at the time to actually getting out to, to um, a broad range of, of customers. So, so um, before that, I spent about uh, four years in Bank & Olufsen, a Danish luxury consumer, consumer electronics mm. company. So, so a good journey in, in tech in a very global uh, role at that point in time. And then about a decade in, in different uh, ad agencies, uh, digital um, strategic experiential, um, and, and had a business of my own at, at that time as well. So, so a very uh, different journey from, from Henrik's, but I guess really representing the IT landscape we, we see today mm-hmm. with a lot of experience uh, uh, players and then uh, all of the newcomers also accounting for a lot of the the growth and new momentum we're experiencing. Fantastic. So, uh, Henrik, let me ask you: Can you talk a little bit more about the company itself? What you all kind of do, your focus and role in IoT, um, as well as touching on kind of the story behind the founding of the company. You know, what was the opportunity you all saw when you started the company? You know, what was not happening in the market that you felt there was an opportunity to kind of build a company to 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 do, um, and just kind of anything along those lines. Yeah, of course. Um... So I guess f- sort of first and foremost, we come sort of from the technical side of things. Uh, we started out uh, from the infrastructure side of things, trying to develop and mature sort of telco uh, intercommunication, you can say. Um, so originally, we actually had the focus on roaming. Um, so within the EU, uh, and also I think globally in, 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 in general, roaming was sort of an issue 10 years ago. It becomes less mm-hmm. and less of an, of an issue from a commercial point of view, uh, at least for a com- sort of consumer-faced uh, subscriptions and stuff like that. Um, but we really tried to target roaming from the technical side of things and, and wanted to dive into on why roaming was such a, an, an issue. Uh, was it just a pure, you can say, commercial play from the operators or did it also have a technical side uh, to the things? Um, and then we, we, we spent quite a few years on diving into that um, to learn, uh, you can say, telco infrastructure, cellular infrastructure. Uh, how networks communicate with each other, uh, how they're mm-hmm. not communicating with each other. Um, and then slowly sort of found our way into M2M or IoT, uh, where we really saw, you can say, the benefits of, of, of innovation from a technical perspective. 
Um, again, sort of the consumer side of things, uh, your iPhones and, and serving Netflix when you're uh, traveling, uh, mm. that can be pretty much solved from a commercial standpoint of view. But trying to uh, to do innovation within IoT and M2M and, and, and a few of the things that I really want to touch upon um, today also uh, needs to be solved from the technical technical uh, side of things. Um, and, and, and that's where I think we come into play and, and of course, other companies as well, um, where we try to innovate from the bottom up, trying to fix stuff uh in the in the right way in, in, instead of trying mm. to you could say put patches on top of it to to solve the issues um iot and m2m is is such a different different place uh than your your iphone or your android phone um when, when you're traveling um so this is stuff that needs to be deployed that needs to live by itself uh remote unattended a lot of stuff can can go wrong um it has to be alive for many years um and and really have have the right foundation for that uh, that speaks into the technical foundation of of what a network needs to be at a global scale, um, and I think that that that's what we try to attack, and that's where we come from from the infrastructure side of things. Right. Um, applying this, you can say, as an operator today, uh, as a virtual operator today, uh, at a global scale. Fantastic. So, talk a little bit more about. So, we've, we've kind of mentioned that the infrastructure approach is kind of you know a, the. The di- one of the differences, um, kind of how you guys have come into the market, but just from an offering standpoint and just the general way you are presenting yourself to the market, how is that different than other companies out there that are trying to, you know, provide connectivity and provide a network for the IoT industry specifically? Well, I think the the first approach that we 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 come into when we speak to customers is it, it's us being the operator. You can say it's us uh, mm-hmm. handling everything globally. Um, without sort of diving too much into the technical aspect right now, I see we, we see a lot of solutions in the market um, where you try to stitch together, together you can say, a global footprint. Uh, again, to, to give you, you can say, internet connectivity or data connectivity globally. Um, but it really introduces uh, a lot of hurdle, a lot of barriers um, when you go into a IoT, both from a technical aspect, but also from a commercial aspect. Again, when you have uh, large-scale deployments, thousands of devices being deployed, mm-hmm. uh, that, that again... Uh, has to go on for years, um, and 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 when we talk to customers uh, who already have deployed IoT devices um, or have experience with it, uh, they know all the pains that come with you can say regular connectivity, regular global right. roaming SIM cards and, and stuff like that. Um, this is also where we sort of get a lot of time to talk about our solution because they really understand the pains. Um, they can understand the solutions that we bring to the table and really try to, again, fix it from the bottom up. Um, really trying to make connectivity quite simple, actually, quite transparent, um, mm-hmm. even though it sounds, you can say, yeah, again, quite simple. But 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 the matter of the fact is that it's really not that simple when, when you speak to a lot of other, you can say, um, uh, companies in, in this realm sure. Um, sure. where we, we really try to, you can say, open up the black box, show you what, what goes on underneath, um, show you how everything works uh, everywhere globally. Uh, that can be in the US and China and Europe, everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. and, and really try to uh, speak into the pros and cons that are, um, yeah, with every single aspect of, of deploying, you can say, globally. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. Now, now, either one of you can jump in on this one. Um, with, I'd like to try to bring it full circle to our audience and talk about any use cases or deployments that you are involved in, or maybe you focus more on, um, just to kind of you know bring this all the way around for our audience that is maybe kind of learning and better understanding kind of the role you all play in in the IoT landscape. Um, 
And so if you all could touch on kind of any use cases that you're excited about or that you have been going on to just kind of show how the kind of the power of, of the offering. Yeah, yeah. So so um well you could say we, we really have a stronghold or and, and what we find highly interesting about how IoT is developing is uh, the, the notion of the global aspect. So so global deployments and running uh, and deploying global fleets. Uh, and and also add to that then the mobility and uh, the movement of of assets that's really the the hardest thing to fix uh, sure. we see some 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 mnos that have a strong and and well built uh, local or national foothold but but really the the problems for iot and hence the interesting challenges start as, as soon as we cross borders and as soon as we go outside of the the, the pucs and and the struggle becomes real with, with scaling and we actually see that real business impact in front of us so that's what we've been focusing on a lot and that's what on on the back of what what henrik just explained these uh, 730 uh, deep network integrations we've done all over the world uh, from from brand level and and then up really comes into play offering a range of of um, interesting uh, upsides, benefits, or com- completely new new ads for for the customers today, and and uh, the, the range of customers we we are in dialogue with uh, uh, present day. Fantastic. So, when you all were kind of bringing this to market, or I guess even just lately, what are what are some of the biggest challenges that you've you've kind of come across in building this network, providing this network to the world? Um, to come, you know, IoT companies to be able to utilize. What are some of the things that you've come across and noticed that were the biggest challenges, and maybe how you kind of overcame them to kind of get to where you are now? Um, I think it's definitely explaining what we do and how we do it differently. Um, mm-hmm. Almost also like 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 you asked. Um, maybe we sound a bit like like everybody else uh, saying we're global. We can name uh, hundreds of networks, etc. Sure. Um, but then it's when we actually dive in, so you can say each and, and every single aspect of the sort of the solution that that's where we sort of really uh, are able to explain how we're different. Um, and, and I can give a few examples um, just Great. to. Uh, yeah. So so one thing, again, is is, is speaking into, you can say, the uh, the networks that we have 700 plus something. Um, a lot of other companies have 500, 700, 800, uh, et cetera. Um, for us, of course, it's it's a matter of. Uh, saying that we're global, yes, um, that's fair enough. Uh, it's important for us to say also that in every single network, it's our own core running things. Um, mm. So that's so, sort of an initial point. So if, again, if you're in the US, if you're in China, if you're in Europe, um, it is us handling everything that goes on in the network. Um, and okay. no data is exchanged through a third party, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's, that's a very sort of deep foundation to build innovation upon, um, saying that it's us controlling everything. And let me ask um, when, before you before yes. you let me jump in and just can you expand on that a little bit and talk a little bit more on why that's so important? Um, just uh, from an example point of view, again speaking into sort of the the EYCC or the ESIM uh, that we're seeing being mentioned quite a bit, um, that is sort of stitching you can say a lot of agreements together to give, give a global footprint mm. and 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 maybe mm-hmm. also to give a commercial benefit in in, in some countries or regions, um, maybe okay. also to overcome you can say permanent roaming issues. But it, it's more about you can say stitching a lot of agreements together, switching between those depending on where you are in the world. Um, going from the bottom up instead, you can say um, having made integration, having uh, to to put a few technical items into it, having our own packet gateway, et cetera, and every single network that we have, being able to uh, select packet gateways, depending on if it's in the US and China or in Europe, et cetera, gives us a lot of advantages and benefits. 
um, it can give us the benefit of, of being able to be permanently in, you can say, in China, as well as in the US, as well as in Europe on the same profile. Um, again, it, it's sort of this one network mentality. Um, again, if you're a customer that already have been sort of deploying uh, IoT and, and, and try to, uh, to run a, a big fleet globally, um, you'll mm-hmm. know all the hurdle there is to, you, you can say, switching between profiles, um, the, the constraint it puts on both the devices, uh, the commercial right. aspect of having multiple subscriptions running uh, for, for the same physical SIM, you can say. Um, just clearing that up, making sort of a clean slate, a clean network. Um, is, is really what we try to do at a global scale. And that, that's sort of where, when we mention all the networks, um, we, we actually means that you, you get the benefit of all the networks. Um, mm. Other stuff also to touch upon again is going to, to maybe others, um, mentioning again 700 networks. Uh, in many cases, you're gonna, you're gonna find out that um, there are sort of preferences on the SIM, just as an example again, um, to select, you can say, based on commercial agreements, the cheapest net- network for you. Um, and that really doesn't benefit sort of the quality of service. Um, okay. It really doesn't benefit of you having multiple networks in a country if the device always keeps trying to attach to the same preferred network. Um, clearing that up, you can say, not from the infrastructure side of things, but from the SIM side of things, uh, allowing you to, or your radio module, to choose just the best network there is in that specific area, also adds on to the value of having these multiple networks, uh, both globally, but also, uh, surely, you can say specifically in one country, um, and this is this is things that we see with customers when they actually test it out. Uh, if they have right. experience with it, they really understand it. But when they test it out, that it really changes stuff for them. Um, again, it's just a much more seamless uh, experience for them um, than than they're used to. Again, speaking into quality of service and really speaking into opening up, you can say what's under the hood um, mm. to 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 allow them also to put or stitch together. You can say there. Uh, preferences depending on their device, their project, um, their customers, etc. Fantastic. Now, um, when you talk with customers and you work with customers, is it kind of like a one size fits all approach, or how do you tailor the offering to different customers, different use cases, different you know within different industries, different you know scale sizes? Like, how do you kind of tailor? The offering to fit those organizations or those individual use cases um, to help them be efficient on the cost side? I think first and foremost, we don't come with sort of the regular subscription plans and a one size fits all model. Okay. Um, okay. This is also one of the first things where we are maybe a bit different. Uh, we try to uh, uh, put it in terms of sort of a network marketplace, meaning that um, when you come to us, uh, we're not going to give you sort of a global price or a European price or US price. Um, we're actually going to going to show you all the agreements that we have and all the prices uh, that we have for each and every single network. And then it's actually okay. up for you. You can say together with us, of course, we, we are happy to assist, but it's up to you to choose uh, how you are prioritizing uh, price versus quality versus coverage versus et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Um, and this is something that you can do on your own uh, also after deployment. Um, again, opening up the hood, you can say uh, providing all the tools for, for you to, to just handle this yourself without having to speak to us. Um, so if you want to go into the U.S. and you want to have all the networks in the U.S. because of quality of service, um, that is up for you to choose. If you just want to have the cheapest price, you can select the network with, with the cheapest price. Um, and it, again, that's, that's sort of up to you. Uh, we have this model where we actually don't earn money on the data. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we, we are really ac- actually focusing on also lowering, you can say, the data consumption, uh, which might, might sound a bit odd. 
Um, but but we 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 strongly believe that that's that will benefit you can say the greater good for IoT projects at a large scale. Um, right. We're this is this is a volume game for us also, but not not for earning okay. money on the data, um, but but right. really trying to get devices out there in the field um, and and doing whatever they're good at on collecting data and, and transmitting that back to the cloud. Um, and whatever we can help with in that sense, um, that that's sort of our our place to be. Yeah, and, I, and this is really one for for the notion of of transparency. Again, there's nothing we would love more than to to help uh, in set in all modesty to to try and reframe right. the discussion a little f- away from like what what's the price of a megabyte, which is very much a, mm. a Tila legacy, towards mm-hmm. seeing this as as a tech space as it is today. Uh, and then much more talking about automated solutions, nothing about inactivity or, or active sims, nothing like that. You pay simply if a, if a sim transfers data and adds value to your business, uh, and that's it, period. It should be mm. IoT first and not, you know, call it by the Tila legacy here. Makes total sense. Now, when you all work with customers, are they... Are you working more directly with customers that are deploying solutions themselves for their company or their clients, or are you all working more with ecosystem partners to bring the connectivity in to the solution and kind of and make it available? And the reason I ask that is because a lot of times it's always interesting to learn where IoT adopters start their IoT journey. So do they start it by looking for a full-scale solution? Do they start it looking for hardware? Do they start it looking for uh, connectivity? Um, you know, you, they all start it, or maybe even start it by looking into the cloud. So when you all work with most customers, how does that usually start? Is that something that they're coming directly to you with? Or are you working to build or make partner, you know, build partnerships with other ecosystem companies so that when they adopt a certain full-scale solution, your connectivity is the one that it's, it's already coming with? Like, how does that, how do you usually handle that? Or is it kind of a mix across the board? Yeah, I would say we do both. Uh, the, the, the explanation for that is simply the, the difference in time. So, sure. so we, we have the, these partner dialogues going, the OEM dialogue, and, and that takes quite a bit of time, as everybody uh, listening to, to your great show here, Ryan, will know. Uh, and then on the other hand, we're working quite a lot uh, directly. Uh, with with anything ranging from from SMVs up to the really large ones as as Maersk, where we we um, uh, the, the shipping Danish shipping and logistics company where where mm. we're the ones uh, making sure that the reefers uh, refrigerated containers uh, will be will be tracked and and live accessible all over the world carrying Corona vaccines these days, so so really it's a matter of catering to both because. What, what what we've tried to do from the beginning is say, if you were to only deploy with one vendor globally uh, right. and, and low practically, meaning one SIM baked in from the mm-hmm. beginning, um, mm-hmm. that's what we've built this for. That's what it should be like, in our opinion, mm-hmm. completely removing the need for, for forecasting what kind of SIMs for what coverage do you need, where with what agreements you should be deploying on one thing, no matter if you're an SMV or you're a huge OEM manufacturer. And really, right. we're seeing a, a lot of positive feedback on that in the market space. So it will just be a matter of time before we then seeing that materializes on, on both sides of the, the, the line you, you rightfully draw up here. Fantastic. Yeah, that, that's great. I, I, I love the approach you guys are taking. I, feel, I appreciate all the information and kind of the background um, kind of on, on how this got started and, and why you all are different. Because, you know, there are a lot of different players in the market that are trying to do something similar. But I think the approach you all are taking is is fantastic from the way you're describing it. Um, so I wanted to, to break away from kind of these conversations and talk a little bit more high level for a second before we wrap up. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the current landscape for cellular connectivity and IoT. It's something that is widely talked about 
about, but maybe never really broken down to our audience in detail, kind of what the landscape really looks like. You know, we have MBIOT we hear a lot about, we have LTEM we hear a lot about. So can you talk a little bit about yeah, just what, yeah. how you all view the landscape and then taking MBIOT and LTEM, what are they exactly to somebody who's maybe unfamiliar and kind of what are their benefits? Yeah, so I think cellular connectivity, especially sort of for IoT, um, first and foremost, it, it really makes sense. You can say it's global. It's globally deployed. Mm-hmm. It's standardized. Okay. Um, I think there's a lot of sort of interesting and great technology out there, uh, speaking into uh, LoRa, Sigfox, other technologies as well. But I really and, and strongly believe in um, that that cellular just had the sheer benefit of, of being globally deployed. Um, you can't take that away from it. Um, then you have, of course, the technologies, uh, 2D, 3D, 4D, uh, mm-hmm. NB-IoT and LTM or CADM1 being part of 4G. Um, we also try to actually explain this uh, in, in a blog post we have um, to, to mm-hmm. really for customers to, to read up upon it. Um, but I think both technologies uh, really have sort of their, of course, it makes sense, uh, their, their, their unique or their strong appearance into, uh, into IoT and M2M. I think... Um, not diving into sort of the technical aspects, but because those are quite different. But but I think you've actually taken the good part from from 2G and then sort of optimized it towards IoT. Um, mm. You focused on you can say battery power consumption for for devices. Okay. Um, you've optimized on how many devices can be attached to a base station, um, et cetera, et cetera. So you've sort of taken uh, old technology. 2G is still a phenomenal technology for for IoT actually, but but we are seeing it being sunset in many places. It's being it's going to be replaced. Uh, NB IoT and CADM one are are easier and, and 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 less expensive to run for operators as well. Um, so that that's definitely sort of the future. Um, both NB IoT and, and LTEM or CADM one has been accepted as part of the 6G stack, meaning that now you get sort of a a certification that this is going to run for 20 plus years. Um, that's also very nice to know when you deploy stuff uh, that, that needs to sit there for 5, 7, 10, 15 years. Um, so this is sort of, this, this is technologies that, that are here to stay. Um, then there's the whole sort of NBIoT versus LTM, uh, which mm. in many cases can sound a bit like religion and also uh, <laughs> from operators what they've deployed the first, to, to be honest. Okay. Um, uh, I, th- I think our point of view also was acting as an MVNO. We, we rent access in the radio access networks. Uh, in, in that sense, we don't care too much about what technology, um, as long as it's available and whatever fits the purpose. Um, but just also to, to put a few words on it, we we actually think or, or we're seeing that OK, NBIOT was quite fast out there. Um, okay. I think it was sort of also... Uh, to, uh, to, to have sort of competition towards, again, LoRa, Sigfox, and other technologies that right. attack sort right. of battery power consumption, uh, penetration, or coverage. Um, we saw NBIoT massively being rolled out a few years ago, uh, but then we're honestly seeing LCM really catching up. Uh, it's being heavily deployed um, globally, uh, first uh, sort of in Europe and in the US, the Western part of the world, but, but heavily being rolled out globally now. We see a lot of the benefits that came from NBIoT is also present in LTM. Um, so you okay. have the, the battery power uh, consumption, you have the penetration or coverage, um, but then you also have all the features that regular cellular really, uh, really mm. serves or, or brings to you. Um, so roaming a wholesale integration uh, that that's already present today in, in LTM, handover between base station, etc. All that without compromising, uh, also serving sort of static 
small, uh, cheap IoT devices um, that, that needs to stay within one specific country. Um, so from the looks of it, at, at this point of stage, of course, things can change. So I would really see LTM really gaining traction and really taking mm -hmm. um, the lead into what is being mostly deployed just, just because of the sheer fact that it has um, all the benefits from regular cellular connectivity that, that we've seen in BIoT is slightly lacking. And then maybe an add-on from, from commercial side to that would, would be that one thing is, of course, talking a lot into the technologies like, like Henrik is doing here. And, and certainly we are, we are meeting in BIT versus LTM, if not every day, then, then several times a week uh, in, in our yeah. dialogues. So, so I'm happy you bring it up, Ryan. But really, one of the things we would love to hear people asking more is what about future-proofing? And, and future-proofing, sure. what is sure. that? And, and really the answer will be, that you're able to choose and switch between uh, vendors and 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 what you chose later later on in your deployment life. So so let's just right. we, normally we try and say look 15 years back to try and look 15 years ahead and look how much sure. happened and and we didn't even have clouds five years ago right. So how are you going to plan just five years ahead now? And and one of the things that strikes us a little weird in 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 the IT space today is the legacy again from Taylor where you're not allowed to 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 uh, switch your your deployed sims between windows uh, for 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 most we haven't met anybody else than than ourselves so far in the marketplace at least allowing to do so post deployment but it's been technically possible to do so since 2003 so that would be a great thing to look out for so so except for just networks but looking out for actually being able to to change in in deployed um Uh, sims deployed devices and and also mm -hmm. asking a bit more into you know we have this um triangle uh, of of uh, IT ecosystems device connectivity cloud how about putting mm -hmm. a bit more uh, responsibility on the connectivity side and a little less on hardware that's that's so right. strained and so tested over the course of its lifetime and It then is. looking at you know what could connectivity take up from from that how about putting a bit of smart into the network that you can that you can control OTA and 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 update when, when When you get smarter and when new technology happens because that's a certain fact we we need to um, right. to live with right oh absolutely i mean that's a great point you bring up talking about future proofing and kind of the capabilities of connectivity that maybe we're not really exploring and how they can contribute to the overall success of an iot solution um for, at, at any level so so no i appreciate you bringing that up because that's not something we really talk too much about so that you know that's fantastic um and that kind of sort of ties into my my last question here which is In IoT, we've seen, and I think you all have seen this too, um, especially when it comes to connectivity, there seems to be a lack of transparency in the industry at times. Um, it, it probably across all different components and different companies, and it's slowly getting better. Um, but in your opinion, where does the transparency kind of need to get to in order to make it more beneficial? How do you all approach it? You know, what are the problems you're kind of seeing? Um, you know, like for instance, cost and the pricing of solutions can be very confusing and it's not very transparent for, for a company that's looking to get to scale for a deployment. So it's hard for them to kind of predict out costs. So just, just talk to me a little bit about how you all kind of have viewed the lack of transparency in the industry and kind of what you're doing to combat that and where you think as an industry we need to get to in order to help increase adoption. Yeah, but I, I think there's two sides to that, sort of both technically and then commercially. And, and I can sure. definitely sort of touch upon the technical and I'm pretty sure Anas can, can speak a bit about the commercial part of it. Okay. I think one of the first things that we really try to attack is, again, opening up the black box. I mean, I think Telco for many, many years has been surrounded by this uh big black magic box um that was uh rocket science to run um and and therefore also uh 
uh, fair to price very high. Um, and, and I think price, uh, again, commercially, but pr- price has really been a barrier uh, to use cellular uh, for IoT or at least for large scale IoT, you can say. Um, and I think one of the finest jobs that we can have is actually opening that up, again, being transparent about it, what is actually going on under the hood. Uh, it's not mm-hmm. rocket science. It's complex, no doubt, but it's not rocket science. Um, you can you can deploy stuff today uh, using fantastic cloud vendors for for hosting, etc. You can do interconnections, radio access networks, uh, which is standardized by by GSMA or underlying parties. You can say um, opening that up and showing that to customers and really explaining this is what happens from A to C. Uh, this is all the way out on the sim that speaks to a radio module that speaks to the base station going into the core and going on, onwards onto you can say your cloud. Opening that up to the customer um, without trying to to hide stuff under the hood. Um, that that's really that seems to be quite beneficial for the customers a lot of the time, even though they maybe not fully understand what what's going on in the nitty gritty stuff. They suddenly right. realize what goes on when my sim is in the US or in China, mm-hmm. um, and that that really helps a lot. And this is also the way for us to be able to explain the cost elements there is to an IoT uh, solution. Again, uh, Anders briefly mentioned, you can say, the, the commercial model of, of subscription plans, um, which is, in, in my opinion, at least one of the big headaches for cellular IoT that you sort of inherited the subscription plans that you have on your iPhone. Um, so that, that puts a lot of constraint on how you're manufacturing your, your devices, um, when you need to activate or provision your SIMs, et cetera. Removing all that from the equation of IoT is... is really makes it much, much more simple to work with cellular connectivity. Um, again, opening up the hood and saying, okay, for for us, an active SIM in the network, provision SIM in, in, in the network, that's just a row in a database. It doesn't cost us right. anything today in 2021. Um, so right. it's not going to cost the customer anything. But on the contrary, it really helps the customer, again, manufacturing their devices, putting on the shelf or ship the devices to whatever part of the world that they need to be deployed in. Um, end of life of devices becomes much more simple so you don't have all these creep costs um, mm-hmm. that I think cellular connectivity in many cases, unfortunately, they have going for them. Um, so here you, you just know whenever my device sends data, when it, whenever it brings value, uh, I'm, I'm going to pay for that. Uh, we have a cost. You're going to put a cost on the radio access network. There's a cost on, on the core that we're running. But if it's not transmitting any data, then there's no cost, period. Um, it's not like you have to use it within three months or six months. It automatically activates uh, itself, and then you have the creep cost coming. Uh, we actually right. sh- sh- uh, ship SIM cards or SIM chips uh, activated or provisioned. Um, mm. So it's just much, much easier uh, to, to use. And, and really, in that sense, also remove a bit of the telco part of the connectivity, you can say, and just becomes connectivity or tech connectivity in that sense. Um, so, so that's sort of opening up the hood. And, and, and then there's the whole realm of the commercial model of, again, showing the customer what, what sort of the, uh, the network's cost and what's associated with that. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, I mean, I, I, as I mentioned briefly in the beginning, I came in from, from consumer electronics and, and you have an industry mm-hmm. there. If you take televisions as an example, that, that's living off of finding new innovations every year. And there aren't any big innovations necessarily every year. So you had the curve screen, that wasn't a thing. Then you had the 3D screen, that didn't become a thing. Then you Then you go to... To, to Berlin for the next big show and you're told that 8K is the new thing but you don't have any content. <laughs> so, you know, that right. just keeps on building and and uh, now coming into to Taylor, let's call it tech these days, you know, I'm kind of seeing a bit of the same that there's some big marketing machinery out there that's really good at setting an agenda 
that might mm-hmm. be nurturing some questions that, that aren't necessarily the questions that people should be asking. And I can see why they're a little con- confused. And we're we're a little player coming in here trying to say, hey, how about viewing <laughs> things a little differently? And, you know, how credible is that towards huge marketing engines? But th- I think that's why we keep coming back to transparency. You know, keep asking questions. Keep asking why. Why, why, why? And typically, when you ask five, uh, five times in a row, you ask why, you got to get a pretty good idea of, you know, what's that person on, on the other side? I, I don't want to save the table, but the screen these days, you know, uh, what, what have they really got to offer? And make sure you deeply understand what's the technical solution you're buying into. What is that going to look like in the future? And make sure you understand pricing. Pricing is not about what's the cost of a megabyte. Maybe it was in the, in the noughts and in the 90s, but it's certainly not anymore. And, and it's specifically so far, it's so make sure you understand these things out there and 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 we mm. see that that the really technically capable people that can be in the the smbs or it can be in the large enterprises they understand this and 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 we can have some really enlightened dialogues but but for the for the newcomers or the le- less technically savvy that's more focused on the impact they want to do in the world with their business that there's mm. some there's some big pitfalls. So so you know we we be, we believe a lot in knowledge sharing here and 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 on sure. that note we highly appreciate what you guys have going on with your show ever ever since having coming on with Rob Tiffany from from Ericsson. Yeah. What, what a guy! Yeah. And back in October 2020, we've been following this steady on, and wow, we fantastic. truly believe that that you know sharing knowledge the way you do, opening up, being truly transparent. That that's what's gonna tackle this 75% fail rate we see across IT mm. in general head on. And that's what we need to do together here. This is about the impact of the world, the impact on, on, on our businesses and, and the impact of the end customers end of day. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, I Obviously, we totally agree with, with all those points and the fact that the education component is probably leading to a lot of the issues we're seeing in the industry and any type of hesitation that comes with adopting IoT as well. We set out to do that back in 2016 when we started, which is let's start helping educate the market in the world, even especially talking to those who may not be as technical to understand all the different components of an IoT solution, just the overall value of what IoT can do for their business to help bring adopt you know grow adoption to those to those numbers we were kind of promised by all the analysts and we're starting to see totally. grow now so 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 now i appreciate your guys time i wanted to, to finish up here and just ask you know on on the company side any news or exciting things coming out that we should be on the lookout for you know what does the future kind of look like for the company and then if anyone out there is interested in contacting and learning more how can they do that um, I think there's definitely two things that, that, that we're working on right now that we can share. Um, one is this, one of the things is on the SIM side of, of, of the stuff. So we're actually working on a software based SIM. I know I'll, mm-hmm. you can say a lot of companies are, are speaking of it, but from, from our point of view, one of the biggest, biggest headache is to actually sell hardware. You can say the SIM okay. chip or the, the, the plastic SIM today. So we really want to put that on, you can say devices as a pure software play. Um, also because again, uh, opening up the box, you can say for us, the SIM is just credentials or not just, um, but it's credentials to the network and nothing more. Um, everything else is handled by the radio module and whatever logic is on their device. Of course, that should be just software. Um, and today, all radio modules is, is, is perfectly capable of running through. Um, so we are in the in the works of, of launching, you can say, a soft SIM, a pure software play for the SIM. And then I think even more interesting, um, one of one of our big beliefs is that the whole IoT space is about connecting devices to clouds and not devices to the internet. 
Um, and, and we want, want as a network to actually become an active part in that. Um, today, okay. you put a lot of responsibility onto the devices when you speak to the clouds. Again, that could be uh, IBM, Azure, AWS, Google, et cetera. Um, as, and as Anas mentioned, five years ago, uh, these clouds, clouds didn't exist. And now you're actually putting, you can say, a lot of software, a lot of responsibility onto every single IoT device um, to speak to these clouds. And then you deploy these for, again, three, five, seven, 10, 15 years. Um, and a lot of stuff is going to change on the cloud side of things. Um, sure. And instead of just having the network be just a data play or a data highway, um, we actually think that from an architectural perspective, that the network should really play a part in connecting the device to the cloud. And this is this is what we are heavily working on. Uh, recently, we just launched the IBM SIM together with IBM, where we've actually made, or you can say extended the IBM Watson IoT into the cellular network just to having the devices as simple as possible. And for whatever is needed on the cloud side of things, for updating security, for updating uh, all the stuff uh, the next many years, uh, we can do that from the network side of things and just have the, the IoT devices um, as simple as possible, which is very beneficial uh, in, in, in our minds um, when you deploy, again, IoT. And that goes into future-proofing it for whatever comes to the cloud. It goes for data consumption. It goes for battery power. Um, and this we're also working on with our other cloud vendors um, to, to be launched uh, in the near future. Fantastic. And for our audience members out there who would like to follow up with any questions, what's the best way to contact the company or reach out? Yeah, well, there'll, there'll be two ways. One is uh, on our website, of course, unomondo.com, or uh, via LinkedIn, which we've found to be an amazing place for, for the global IT community mm. to, to interact, engage, and, and, and share knowledge. So we, we try and put a lot of uh, good content out there and we'll love uh, any dialogue uh, incoming. Certainly, we have a curious team standing by for for any incoming dialogue, depending on on, uh, on the on the nature of that. So, so please hit us up. We'd be curious to, to pick up dialogue with anyone out there. Fantastic. Well, I thank you both for your time. It's been a fantastic conversation. It's, it's been great to have you. And, and thanks again. Thanks a lot, Ryan. And thank thanks you. for having us. Thanks for a good show. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thanks again for joining us this week on the IoT for All podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave us a rating or review and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Also, if you have a guest you'd like to see on the show, please drop us a note at ryan at iotforall.com and we'll do everything we can to get them as a featured guest. Other than that, thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.